Ladies and gentlemen, are we ready to start this show? I can't hear you. My arm battle ready for the storm. They ain't wanna see me win. Watch me, I'ma prove them wrong. And now, coming to the stage for the very first time live. Make some noise. Make some noise. For your home team. Coming up first to the stage. The Biz Doc. Tom Got it all came from the bottom. Up next, comedian extraordinaire, Vincent O'Shana. And last but certainly not least, the sauce man, Adam Sauceney. And now the moment that we've all been waiting for, your host, with the most, standing at 6'4", weighing in at 240 pounds, Patrick Pat Friends and family think I'm crazy Cause I never faked it It feels so amazing Cause most of them told me doggy tripped They couldn't see the How you doing? This is wild So it's crazy because uh, we bought this building My dad said you gotta buy this building You know, we bought this building For one year there was nothing going on here oh. Literally we have nothing going on here for about a year And a year later we said why don't we turn it into a comedy club and then from the comedy club, um, where's Rob at? Rob, when did we decide on turning the back into a cigar lounge? Uh, about five months ago. How long did it take us to build it out? 22 days. Some of you guys are going to see it. That back there's a cigar. Give it up to Robert, by the way. Robert! Shout out to Robert and the team. Okay. What do you think about this uh, structure, this idea? You like this idea? You like this whole concept of what we're doing? We're going to see what's going to happen with this, quite frankly. One of the mottos we live by is we have no clue what the hell we're doing, but we know exactly why we're doing it, okay? We have no clue what the hell we're doing, but we know what, uh, why we're doing it. Uh, we got a lot of crazy stories to go through today with you. The team's been very prepared. For the audience out there that's watching this on podcast, we wish you were here with us. There's a couple hundred people in here. By the end of the podcast, we're going to turn off the camera. We, we'll do some questions. With the folks here, I'm sure you're going to have some questions you want to ask. We'll have some of that interaction. By the way, can we have the ladies stand up? I just want to get a ratio of men versus women. The audience. Okay. All right. We're increasing. We're increasing. This is good. Thank you. Grab seats. It's, it's, now, here's a question with the ladies that are here. How many of you are here because your husband forced you to be here? That's the real question. Okay, that's what I'm talking about. Good. Fantastic. How are you guys feeling? You doing good? And how many of those women are single, though? I think most of them are probably taking only one. Yes, them raise their hands. in the back. Okay, we're good, too. All right, we're good. still raise their hands. Mom, my mom's here. For okay, all right. So we got a lot of things to cover. We got a lot of stories, a few things that we will go through. Rob, you got to remind me to do the sponsorship in about 10 minutes every time I forget. So if he forgets, can you guys remind me? 
Make sure to do the sponsorship. That's his job. Rob, remind me here. My wife is here as well. Jen, can you please stand up so everybody can Jenny. see? Jen's here at our first one. Awesome. Okay, so we got a few stories. Morgan Stanley Dean Witter says the market's going to go down 26%. $2.3 trillion of equity lost in homes the last 12 months. $2.3 trillion of equity lost in the last 12 months. We're going to talk about the five dirtiest cities in America. Some statistics on the leading cause of death for kids today versus what it was 40 years ago. The, the stats that came out, first of all, when you see the chart, were you shell-shocked when you saw that chart? You will be shell-shocked when you see this chart on what the stats of kids dying today, the, the age they give as well. Anybody heard about what happened with that? Uh, the five consultants flying in from Little Rock, Arkansas, out to uh, Ohio, East the Palestine. Did you hear about the plane crash or no? You haven't heard oh, about yeah. that? Wait till we show you this clip on what happened there. Uh, there is a very um, deep concern I have that uh, New York Times is about to be canceled because they're actually telling the true, true oh stories. They, they talked about masks, so it's a very something maybe we'll talk about what they said about masks. And then uh, 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 we're going to talk about Trump versus DeSantis. Just out of curiosity, how many guys are Team Joe Biden? Raise your hand, make some noise. <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw two hands almost go up. You can't do that. You got to say something. Make some noise for Team Joe Biden. Nobody's willing to do oh, it. There's one. You there's all right, it's make some up, noise man. if you're Team DeSantis. Yeah. Really? All right, good. Make some noise if you're Team Trump. Yeah. Whoa. 50-50. Would you say 50-50 or Trump slightly louder? Trump 65. Slightly louder. louder. How about Trump Team Newsom? Really, it's pretty wild. It's going to be an interesting poll we'll do here in a minute. Yeah. Okay, let me, let me read the story to you, and then uh, we'll get right into it. So the first story we're going to do is Morgan Stanley, if you want to go to page nine. Morgan Stanley, Dean Witter, Rob, if you want to put this up so the audience can also see it. Morgan Stanley says SMP could drop 26% in months. Strategists are warning the U.S. equities are becoming too expensive, which could cause the S&P 500 to slide by as much as 26%. In the first half of 2023, this is not the year. This is first half, so June 23rd, June 30th. Recent data suggests that the U.S. economy might avoid a recession. However, it has also taken the possibility of a Federal Reserve uh, pivot off the table, making it less optimistic for stocks. The sharp rally this year has made stocks the most expensive since 2007, according to the equity risk premium metric, which has entered the death zone. Morgan Stanley's Michael Wilson said that the risk-reward Ratio for equities now is very poor. The Fed is still far from ending its monetary tightening. Interest rates are higher across the curve, and earnings expectations are still too high by 10 to 20%. Tom, what are your thoughts on the story? Well, I think what you're seeing here is I'll translate this into plain English. Morgan Stanley doesn't think that the economy is getting better, and it's going to be represented by a market drop. In plain English, you could take a look at what happened just a day ago. The market, everybody see about a day ago, the market dropped six, 700 points, like in one afternoon. It was triggered by Home Depot, because Home Depot talks to home renovations. Also, there's a large percent of Home Depot earnings that come from when you buy a home, you get rugs, windows, drapes, paints, and you do a lot of stuff, new lawnmower, all these things. And Home Depot came out and said, yeah, fourth quarter wasn't that good, and we don't think 23 is going to be very good. At that moment is when the market dropped because they were really scared about what's happening in retail. Morgan Stanley is looking at it and saying, hey, you know what? 
This thing could this this thing is fragile. How fragile? Home Depot makes an announcement by noon, and by the afternoon, you've lost six, seven hundred points. So what Morgan Stanley is saying is that the economy is more fragile, and they think there could be a real drop. And we just saw it live. Uh, Walmart came out that afternoon too with some kind of bad news, and there it is live for it. It's a very fragile economy. That's what they're saying, and they see it could drop twenty six percent. Adam, what do you think? Uh, so this is Morgan Stanley, right? I'm going to use the. Uh, by the way, hi everybody. Great to see everybody. Everyone, we have what a great looking audience yeah. we have here. Holy moly! Yeah. Let's just give some credit to the audience. Looking, our audience looks way better than I thought. Uh, even you Trump supporters out there look way better than I thought. Oh, uh, I think in the immortal words of Big Lebowski, uh, Morgan Stanley, that's like just your opinion, man. So it's we see we see whether it's Goldman Sachs or Morgan Stanley or the big banks, the wirehouses or Credit Suisse or UBS, everyone has an opinion. If, if there's anything I've learned about the economy and the financial markets, nobody has an effing clue what's going to happen. I remember when, when COVID happened and um, what was that, March of 20, right? And the economy tanked. And I'm in a group chat with all my buddies and one works for Goldman Sachs. And he, we're all like, dude, like, what's, what do you think? He's like, well, I actually sold all my equities uh, a month prior. And we're all like, what the fuck? Tell us, dude, what happened? And what happened six months after that? The economy, the market bounced back tremendously. So I think what, we, what we've seen in, as far as the – by the way, how many people invest in the stock market here? Show of hands. So like the majority of the room. Who is like, no way, I don't mess with equities. I'm all real estate commodities. All right, so a couple of Biden voters out there, like a, a couple – but um, what we've consistently seen is anytime there's a bear market, which we just saw COVID exactly, a bull market follows right up after that, time after time after time. So at the end of the day, you have to figure out what your age and your asset allocation is. So the majority of this room, good-looking people, looks like in their 30s, 40s, 50s, maybe. Anybody retiring or like trying to pull out their 401k money anytime soon? I doubt it. So maybe you got to talk to your mom. Shout out to Vinny's mom in the My house mom. right there. Watch your 401k, mama. But if you're not pulling out of the market, if you're not selling, if just like if your home equity goes down 20%, stock market goes down 20%, if you're not selling, it's called realized gains. Uh, I wouldn't make, necessarily be a concern. Maybe you have an asset allocation strategy to be a little bit more conservative, but th- this is not a, a major worry for me. Well, let, how about we go into the next story, which kind of goes together with this. $2.3 trillion in value lost in equity in homes. How many of you have felt it? Have you felt losing equity in your area or no? Have you guys felt it? No? Yes? Can you raise your hand if you are? Some of you guys are in real estate. You're not. How many guys have lost money equity in your home, but you don't want to admit that the fact that it's lower than what it was six months ago? Okay, that's a different <laughs> camp to be a part of, Rob. I notice a lot so, of head nodding, but not hand uh, raising. Yeah. Housing market downturn wipes $2.3 trillion in value. As experts predict, prices could still tumble another 10%. The total value of U.S. homes has fallen a record high, $47 trillion. I'm sorry, uh, uh, what is it, uh, 40, uh, two, uh, a record high of $47 trillion in June collective value to now $45.3 trillion, uh, representing the largest June to December drop since the subprime mortgage crisis in 08. Though home prices are up 1.5% uh, over the past year, the median price has fallen about 11.5% from a peak of 433 in May, 383 in January, as higher mortgage rates drive up borrowing costs and sideline potential home buyers. Last week, U.S. home purchase applications fell to a 28-year low, 
That's a, that's a big number, Tom. 28, you're low to U.S. home applications? Huge. 28 is what? That's uh, 1995, 1995. That's a long time ago, 28, you're low. Hardest risk area, hardest hit areas include regions adversely affected by waves of technology layoffs and skyrocketing prices during the pandemic include San Francisco, Oakland, New York. San Fran is down 7%. Oakland is down 4.5%. New York is down a point. Pantheon Macro ultimately projects home prices will fall about 20% from their peak by the end of the year, suggesting the median price could tumble another 10% to 346. Go ahead, Adam. Well, I just I kind of want to throw this back to you yeah. because you've taken a lot of heat for kind of calling this. People would come up to me or you and say, does Pat want real estate prices to go down? And I think that uh, – raise your hand if you've heard Pat talk about this uh, on the podcast. So – um, Raise your hand and you're in real estate and you still show up. <laughs> That's the real question. Yeah. yeah. So every realtor is going to say, no, the market's fine. It's all good. Great time to buy. It's like, really? Uh, you just bought a house a year and a half ago. Yeah. Top of the market, some would say. Yep. Um, so what's been your strategy? And, and you're not anti-real estate. You're, you want the market to go up. You don't want it to go down. But you're also a realist. So what's been sort of your outlook strategy of why you've been, you did a whole uh, wealth, generational wealth, real estate. You've done a couple webinars on that. What's been your mindset when it comes to real estate? 15 years is the last time we had a market crash. That's a long time. 15 years. Oh, wait. We haven't had one for a long time. We're overdue. We've never had a season where more fake money has been pumped into the system like today. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of fake equity. We have a lot of fake success. We have a lot of fake millionaires. And too often, fake success or fake millionaires is just like somebody winning the lotto. You don't have the identity of it. So you're overspending, you're over leveraged, you have so many different things that you're paying on, you're concerned, you're afraid when a buyer comes in. Like the other day, we were looking at this property, uh, 6,500 Federal. It's down the street a block away. We went and looked at it. They bought this property in 08 for $13.5 million, commercial real estate. So we go look at the property, beautiful place, 54,000 square feet. Uh, You and I went in there. Rob, you and I kind of very much so went in there and uh, looked at every single floor. And we come in with a suit. The lady's like, can I help you with anything? I said, yeah, we're working with management. We're just checking on this property to see everything good. Yes, everything good. Fantastic. Thank you so much. We're just looking around, you know. Uh, uh, The buyer is asking for $8.5 million. And he bought it at thirteen and a half in 2008. Okay, this doesn't mean it's happening everyone. By the way, 2008 is not a peak. 06 was peak. Right. 2008 was market tank 38 percent. Right. So again, the people who have cash and made the right choices and they're ready for this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply going to skyrocket and kill it and make the kind of money they've never made before. The people that had a lot of fake success in the last few years and they kept spending money, they're going to get exposed and they're going to get destroyed. And I don't think this is the end of it. Think about it this way. Right now, who controls the most important knob? Who controls them? Okay. 
Jerome, Jerome Powell. Powell controls the most important knob. What number is he trying to lower inflation to? 2%. Where are we at right now? Six and a half. What is 6.4, 6.5%? What is the only thing he can do to lower it? Raise well, rates. According to Tom, he wants to go up to the attic and start banging out some interest <laughs> rates. And pounding. Pounding yeah, is pounding. a better word. Exactly. Yeah. Pounding, pounding was the right so, so, Tom, how many more times do you think he's going to be increasing rates? Right. Well, I, I agree with what Adam says about analysts because a lot of analysts, you know, words are just words until they're numbers. I like to look at numbers. And there's a lot of people from the real estate industry. I think he was calling you out honestly publicly and I, I was so. offended by it. And yeah. I would be upset if I were you. I don't like it. But just go ahead. notice what's happening. Go, go Tom is starting to agree with Adam a little bit more. Weird. More. So we'll do something to maybe have a fight today for the audience <laughs> that thinks we don't like each other. But... We they, got a lot by the way, they really don't like each other. <laughs> don't let them fool you. No, that's, that's Mario. Where's Mario? Shout Go ahead, Tom. Mario over here. Where's no, he? no problem, no problem. <laughs> Screw you very much. Anyway, the, um, <laughs> the, um, so the numbers that I'm looking at that we see in what you're talking about real estate here is, is a couple things. The supply of homes is at the lowest that it's been in about, it's, it's more than that, it's like 20 years. The supply for sale, that's a real number. The number of buyers that are in the market is at a 28 year low, that's a real number. And you hear the real estate industry, they make their comments and everything, and I kinda look at it this way, saying, I don't only ask the butcher whether the meat is fresh, right? I confirm, I wanna confirm it. So when you look at this, and you look at where the Fed is, I think the Fed's got three more rate increases. Um, and that's an estimate, but the estimate is coming become, we just had a really strong jobs report and we've had some false positives in certain earnings reports. I mean, if you bought Tesla at early January, you doubled your money in the last 35 days, right? Now it's settled at 200, but there's a lot of those things that are in the market. Meanwhile, it all comes back and it kind of hits kind of hard. Folks were believing that the Fed was gonna raise rates this year, maybe two more times quarter points. Well, just a week to two and a half weeks ago, they threw a quarter point at us, and they're coming back out on March 15th, and March 15th is a date where they will also make economic projections and make all those numbers reports, and everybody now is looking at it and saying, you know what, I think the Fed's going to raise a half a point, and Powell is making comments like he's going to raise a half a point. Right now, the Fed rate is 4.75, a half point that's 5.25. The so-called experts, Goldman Sachs, Morgan Stanley, last November were saying, well, 5.25 is like the maximum we see, and then it's going to be dropping down at the end of second quarter. Well, right now, with inflation, factual numbers, certainly doesn't look like it's going to drop. And people believe that on May 3rd and June 14th, the Fed's going to put another quarter point based on what we're seeing in the hot job market, which means that the interest rate is probably going to hit five and three quarters, not just five and a quarter. What does that mean for housing? If it hits there, that means the interest rates, which right now they, they popped up. Those have been real estate. We saw a pop up over the last three weeks, right, in rates. I think rates right now, I'm seeing some nods that if you uh, kind of blow average credit, you're probably looking at seven and a quarter right now. Um, having popped up on the 30 and the 15, maybe six and a half. And so those rates are gonna be up close to eight. 
I don't like this news. So people that have said things to Pat or myself on Twitter, oh, you guys are bears, you don't like the housing market. No, the housing market is people, it's us, it's citizens, it's buying a house, it's getting into something. And these are facts here, these numbers that are not pointing to a rebound in housing in the first half of this year, along with, it looks like Jerome Powell's gonna make three more trips to the attic to visit the cheerleader. Yeah, bang. Tom, what were you saying about the butcher? What was the butcher analogy you said? The, the, I like to say this is I don't just ask the butcher whether the meat is fresh. Mm-hmm. I also want to confirm. All right. Well, and there's so, a famous quote from a, the philosopher Tommy Boy. Do you, you guys ever seen this? He said, you can you get, get a good look at a T-bone, T-bone steak by sticking your head up a cow's ass, <laughs> but I'd rather take the butcher's word, word for it. it. You know about this. Yeah, 100%. So I, 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 what I do want to... You guys don't know about that one? They Shout like, out to Tommy Boy. He's like, you're a very weird moment. Yeah. I mean, up, you're yeah. talking right. about pounding up in the but, attic but, and Tommy Boy. What, what I do want to do is share a story that, that um, you know, Kat, Pat will call me up one day, and uh, I live in Miami, and uh, he's like, what are you up to? I'm like, I'm just uh, in Miami. He's like, come meet me at the uh, Hadid building. Remember that? Which is the? By the way, if you can put up the Hadid building, it's a yeah. beautiful building. It's a it's a so, it's a bo- it's a woman's body, essentially building, right? That's yeah. kind of like it's how the thousand put thousand Biscayne, Miami. Uh, when you Google that, you may, oh, yeah. may go to porn, Rob. Just <laughs> let's try. You to guys should have seen what he put and up. Just go to images, it Rob. It's a beautiful Rob, building, oh, right there. Yeah, yeah, beautiful yeah. building. So it's like there's, the overhead five, shot of yeah. the world. That looks Cup like a stadium. woman. Yeah, there's. The hell kind of girl are you Talk dating? To the artist. Who are you dating? Who are you dating? By the way, now the designer is a woman. She died. Gigi, uh, yeah. the Hadid family, you know Bella Hadid. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is their aunt. Uh, she died while it was going on. I actually lived at the building to the right of it and to the left of it. So Pat goes, I could not afford to live in this building. This is like it's David amazing. Beckham lives there and uh, hedge fund guys. It's like minimum, uh, I want to say $10 million entry. Uh, we're, we're trying to get there. But he goes, hey, uh, Come meet me at this building. Are you familiar with it? I go, yeah, I'm, I'm, I lived right next door for, for 10 years. So we go there and we go to the penthouse, right? Sick unit. And it was listed at, I want to say, $40 million, give or take. And uh, it was actually hilarious. We're on a tour. Mario's with us. And the lady comes to me and she says, like, so what are you doing? I go, well, you know, I'm here with my boyfriend, Mario. And <laughs> but he says like, oh, it with a straight look straight on his look. face. Good. And uh, meanwhile, she goes to Mario, and she's like, so what are you and your boyfriend looking for? And he's like, it's not. My... I, I like to mess with Mario a little bit. But Pat says, so this is... No, you got to finish the story. Yeah. Mario's like, who's my boyfriend? <laughs> so it's like, well, you and Adam. So it's, that's not my boyfriend. Yeah. Yeah. Says, so you know what? I really didn't see you guys together. Yeah. I didn't see that, that he was no, your I, I would get a way hotter guy than Mario, for sure. <laughs> but... Uh, he, is, he is shout out to Mario getting married and uh, having a baby let's like, go Mario I mean amazing so we, we've, we've got a brotherly love thing going on so we go to this building it's a 40 million dollar unit if not more and uh, Pat has his realtor that, that you brought and the, the unit had their realtor and Pat says listen let me just cut to the chase here this is how Pat kind of negotiates he says I'm going to make an offer they're like great he goes but it's going to be very disrespectful she goes, please, don't, don't disrespect <laughs> Don't disrespect me. He's like, yeah, it's going to be a disrespectful offer. And it was listed for 40 I think they bought it for 30 I want to say. Pat says, I'm going to offer, uh, would, you, would you offer 13 13 I thought it's a fair offer. $13 million cash, 24 Dis- hours. Re- 
spit in your face disrespect. They said no, but I think they countered at what number? 18? 20, 23. 23? Ended up selling at 19. Ended up ah, selling yeah. at 19. Did it sell? It sold for 19. So here's my yeah. point. We're talking about the market. We're talking about real estate. Here's a unit that was ridiculous unit. Gorgeous. He even teased me with like, what do you think? Can you see yourself living here? And I'm like, Pat, don't even play with me right now. So that's just an, a poignant example of these luxury markets that have, have majorly taken a hit. I mean, even your situation with your car that I don't know if you want to talk about that. But some of these asset prices have been inflated, and it's coming down to reality. And I think we should have bought but, that for 18 But by the way, you, because you would have, you would yeah, have taken would have, care of He would have been a house sitter. Take, what a house sitter. Yeah. What a generous house sitter you yeah. are, right? There's, a, there's rumors out there that women are doing more of the working and men are staying at home. I would gladly stay at home. We have a sto- By the way, that yeah. is a story we will cover <laughs> here, here in a minute. But yeah. uh, uh, no, you're right. He, he, here's the part that concerns me. A car payment. My dad uh, wanted a car, Okay. So I said, so my dad's like, just get me anything. You know, my dad drives a, uh, for I don't know how many years he drove that 1979 diesel until the day. He said, when this engine dies, I'm going to die. This is how strange my dad is. The day the engine dies, he thinks he's dying. <laughs> yes or no, babe? He went to the hospital two weeks. They said, sir, you're okay. He says, no, the engine on my Mercedes died. The doctor's like... That's a car. You're, you're a human being. He says, but we're going to die same day. But no, I you're know. not, sir. You're still living. <laughs> Anyways, so I said, Dad, let's just buy you a car. You know, let's just buy you. What kind of car do you want? Do you want a, you know, do you want this car? Do you want? No, I just, I just want a regular car. I just want a regular car. Finally, Jen's like, babe, do you know what the car payments are on a regular $40,000 car? I said, how much, babe? Like I'm thinking 500 bucks or whatever, right? No, babe, $850. I said, for what? Says if you want to lease a car or get a car today, you know what's the first thing. I, do you know right now it's the highest car payment, average car payment in the history of America? You know what the number is? It went up two hundred bucks in a year. So it's it went from like five forty to seven seventy in a year. Middle America's income hasn't gone up forty percent or twenty percent. How the hell are people seven hundred dollars right there? Yep. The average car payment in the history of America is the highest it's ever been, and it's climbing. So wow. why is it climbing? Car prices are not climbing. Car prices, used car prices are coming down. Watch prices are coming down. Collectible cards are coming down. Bitcoin, you know where it's at. Ethereum, you know where it's at. Mm-hmm. So luxuries in every possible way are going down because people buy. Not saying this is a million-dollar home. People buy saying I can afford a $6,000 a month payment. That million-dollar home, $6,000 a month payment, today is $8,000, mm-hmm. $7,500. How do you come up with that additional $1,500 if you didn't get the raise? So what are people going to be doing with this? It's automatic. You have to either desperately, the people that bought a house that they couldn't afford, hoping they're going to make two, three, four hundred thousand dollars $400,000 of equity, they're stuck right now. Yep. So imagine if these guys, so right now, the only indicator that people uh, uh, ought to be watching closely, and by the way, thank you for the reminder to go to our sponsors here in a minute. Uh, uh, Adam, you're wonderful. Yep, yes, sir. Uh, uh, here's the biggest indicator that concerns me. Unemployment today is 3.4%. Okay, It's a 60-year low. Unemployment is 3.4%, 60-year low. When you think about unemployment and interest rates being high, unemployment is low, if they lower interest rates, unemployment's going to go up. If this 3.4 goes to 4.4, 5.4, if we're at 5.4, people don't have income to pay their car payment and their mortgage payment and their bills 
What are they going to do? They're going to have to start dumping what they have, and they're going to dump it for pennies on a dollar because they don't have a choice. So that is my speculation of what's going to be happening if this goes on. And so, I have to go to my oh, sponsors, go ahead, go ahead. and I know you want to talk about the five dirtiest cities in America, which 100%. we will get to it. I and wait. I know you want to talk about Trump and DeSantis, but first, let's go to our sponsors. Okay, so my sister the other day, I get a message on Instagram from her, and she says, Patrick, I, I took this uh, Bitcoin training program, and it changed my life. <laughs> and I'm like, babe, what the hell is Paula talking about? She says, I got the message too. I said, my sister, she sells insurance. She's part of our company. What do you mean she's doing Bitcoin change your life? So I'm like, how did it change your life? And so now I'm communicating with my sister. And then she's saying what she's saying. She said, yeah, let me tell you this program with this girl named Linda. I'm like, babe, who the hell is Linda, babe? <laughs> so, so finally, I'm like, she's babe. And then a picture is posted of a Tesla. Without her, obviously, it's just a picture of Tesla. And says, my life's been changed. I just bought my dream car, this, this, that. I'm like, Paulette didn't buy a Tesla, Okay. So finally, I said, babe, I called Paulette. She's like, Pat, I've been hacked. So I realized I'm not talking to Paulette. So I said, hey, that's awesome. I'd love to learn how you make this kind of money because i got a friend of mine here sitting right next to me. Would you guys like me to read what I told this guy that's trying to hack my Bitcoin? It's so entertaining. You will love it. So look what I told this guy. He was so concerned. This is when you troll the criminals out there. Here's my response. I said, I have my friend here who's also wanting to learn. His name is Federal Agent Huntsman. <laughs> You've met him before at the house. He right now works on Internet Bitcoin Fraud Unit and would like to know as well how it works. Sometimes these things are frauds, and he can look into it and make sure it's not a fraud. They're able to identify IP address and Instagram accounts to identify level of credibility. Just last month, his, his team identified 17 fake Instagram account fraud organizations and worked directly with the local agency in that country who has seen an increase in these frauds and arrested them. They're pros at what they do, Paulette. Be careful. They typically hack and get access to their user ID and password and take advantage of innocent users who trust you. To make sure this is you, please call myself. If I don't hear from you and suddenly I get blocked or don't get a response, it'll tell me this account has been hacked. The FBI will do their part. She got her password the next day, by the way, just so you guys know <laughs> that response. A good script to write down when you yeah. get messages like this. Here's a point. Boom. Nowadays, whether you know or not, a lot of people's passwords are on the dark web. Our guys have tested this multiple times. Uh, two of our guys, 38 of their passport was on the dark web. One of our guys was 41. Another person was 44. If you are not taking care of your identity theft to protect it, it's officially number one above robbery. Aura is identity theft protection and fraud monitoring, a VPN password management and antivirus software all combined into one easy-to-use app. You may have one of these tools, but not having all of them is like locking the front door but leaving a back door wide open. Protect you and yourself from America's fastest-growing crime. Try Aura for free for two weeks and see if any of your or your family's personal information has been compromised. Start your 14-day trial at Aura.com forward slash PBD. Once again, Aura.com forward slash PBD. The link will be below. So, so wait, having said that. So can your FBI friend, agent, is he fake real, get the money that I sent your sister? You have, <laughs> listen, one of the best things. You Remember that one time that one guy called me and he says, yes, uh, I, I want to teach you uh, Patrick B. David's uh, Bitcoin system. Yeah. So I called them. Do you guys remember when they would make the comments? By the way, sometimes people make these comments. So I call them. I said, so do you work directly with Patrick B. Davis Bitcoin? We recorded this. It's on YouTube. Mm -hmm. He says, I work directly with Patrick B. David. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I said, how crazy is he? <laughs> and he says, well, you know, he's, he's a, I can't tell you. We can't disclose client yeah, information. Yeah. Anyways, eventually you have to know there's these people out there. If you're not too careful. We went to Angelo's the other day. 
We're at Angelo's having lunch. This good-looking guy who's always good to us, he comes and he says, hey, I signed up for your program. Adam's like, what program oh, did you me, sign yeah. up for? He says, I signed up for your Bitcoin program. I give $200. He says, I don't have a Bitcoin program. As crazy as it is, Nuts. you're getting a lot of these stores. That, can I say one thing about yeah. that guy? He was the nicest waiter. Shout out to Angelo's out there. Yeah. It's like the best Italian restaurant. Patty, so he's the nicest waiter. He's serving us all, like everything, hand and foot. And at the end of the bill, he goes, hey, by the way, I just want you to know. The Bitcoin program that I signed up for. It's so good. I was I did that's you got the wrong guy. He's like, oh my But it's real. This is like a yeah, real thing really that happens. we do. Okay, so did you want to say something before we go to the five dirty assists? No, I'll just get my money back from your Okay, so, so let's do this with the five uh, <laughs> let me do this with the five dirtiest cities. So story comes out. Pretty wild. Five dirtiest cities in America if you want to put it up. Okay. Can anybody who's who who's read this article? Raise your hand if you've read this article. Who has not read this article? Who has not read this article? Can you guess? Well, he put it up already. I was about to say it. You screwed it Take up it for down, me, Rob. guy. Okay? A new study by Lawn Starter has found that the top five dirtiest cities in America are run by Democratic mayors. I would have never guessed it. Obviously, oh it's a surprise. What? It's not like we brought this up when we talked to uh, uh, Roland Martin, which was a fantastic, friendly yeah. conversation. Sweet Shout guy. Shout out to him for Su- being here. I respect hey. the fact that he showed up. Houston ranked first for the dirtiest city. Anybody here from Houston, by the way? Anybody? Oh, we got a couple people from Houston. We love you, Houston. My wife's from Houston. Houston. We got nothing against Houston. If you got any complaints, write to this guy. What's his name? Let's see who. It's Jessica. Jessica Chasmar is writing this article. Houston is the dirtiest city, followed by Newark, San Bernardino, Detroit, and Jersey City. These cities were measured across four categories, pollution, living conditions, infrastructure, and consumer satisfaction. Houston was rated as the dirtiest city and ranked third on pollution, fourth on poor living conditions, and 12th on infrastructure, and 34th on consumer satisfaction. Virginia Beach, the cleanest city in the country, is ran by Republican Mayor Robert Dyer. The city ranked 149th on pollution and 132nd on consumer satisfaction. Tom, why, why would this be a factor for cleanest and dirtiest cities ran by Republican or Democrat? What do they have to do with it? I think when you go to a world of entitlement and you're, you're not allowing – look, when business invests, what do they do? They build a building. They build areas around the building. You're investing in it. And when you take a look at all these things, this is the outcome of entitlement. Houston, I think – and, Rob, you could find this – is like number one in worst traffic in America – poor infrastructure investment. They managed to pass Los Angeles, which has had like the World Cup of bad traffic. Four or five it, freeway. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. And what this is, if you fail to invest in the infrastructure and you're just running on tax the rich and entitlement, you're not really improving the condition of the city. And this is what you get. This is the outcome. And you go down all these lists that people say this, 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 and this, and they say, wow, you know, take a look at this. And I don't think it's a coincidence that it's, you know, Democrat, you know, administrations you think, doing you this. Think dirty, you it, think dirty has to do with politics? You think dirty has to do with Democrat and Republican? Like, <laughs> like for crime, I understand when we're talking crime, 27 out of 30, because we talk about the fact that you're funding into. So, so let me ask you a different question. What can a mayor do to make their city cleaner? What can a mayor do? What policies can a mayor come up with to make their cities cleaner? I, you know, when you enable entrepreneurship and you enable job creation, people have jobs and, peop- and you're, you're going to reduce homelessness. So anybody that's been to San Francisco sees what the outcome of chronic homelessness yep. looks like. In L.A., you get people off the streets. 
and you have the ability to reinvest in schools and you have the opportunity to do this. You know, it's very simple. If you promote economic growth and tax it reasonably, you've got money to work with to improve your city. It's that simple. Well, Pat, not, in not being political, how, then how is it? I mean, it's technically political because if the top five them dirtiest cities are Democrat and then the top five were with Roland Martin, you said that for crime like Chicago, it, it is well, political because they're all me, Democratic. But to me, the way I go is if it's crime, I say, okay, Chicago, got it. What do you do? Well, you don't have guns. You don't have, you know... License to carry, let's just say, or a certain way they handle mm-hmm. structure for Second Amendment in Chicago versus another city that's maybe in Idaho or how they handle it here or how they handle it in Texas. Mm-hmm. Then you can kind of say, fine, that makes sense. And then, hey, let's defund the police or let's what's the word, the other word uh, for defunding the police? It's uh, uh, asset uh, uh, reallocation, which is another yeah. definition yeah. for defunding the police. Then you can directly say. There's a reason why this city's crime is so high. But dirty, dirty is what? How do you, what policies cause a city to be cleaner? What po- policies? Yes, please. So use jails, inmates to help come and clean the cities? Okay. So leverage them to come in and help clean the cities? I, that's the part, but I wonder if it's on the people, if it's on the mayor. I mean, obviously, the leader of the city has to figure out a way to make, make it cleaner. But what policies do you come up with? Like, yeah. is it, you know, like the, uh, 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 how many of you guys have a city where if you get caught loitering, there's a ticket to it? There's, uh, littering? Like, loitering? Loitering? Littering? No, no, like you, you're, you're uh, uh, what do you call it? Yeah, littering. Yeah. Littering. Yeah. Uh, when you're littering, there's a ticket to it. Do you guys, is yeah, that 100%. A, but, but, but so what you're saying is, Pat, just like the, the meter maids. Why not have people like on the street? Like I know Los Angeles has safety ambassadors. They don't have guns or anything. They just kind of like if there is like a somebody yelling or there's an argument, they come to kind of. I was well. hoping to solve all the problems on today's podcast. We're failing right now, guys. <laughs> just so you know. Well, uh, I have an I have an idea. Uh, well, why don't we get Mayor Pete, who's the uh, the mayor of South Bend, Indiana, now the Department of uh, Transportation. Yeah. Sec- okay. Yeah. I think there's a new top. Uh, dirtiest city in America right now, yeah. East Palestine, Ohio. Yeah. So I know they're dealing with a lot with that. Um, I, 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 this, I don't think there's any simple fix. Here's what I do know. Um, like, what do you think the biggest city, the biggest city in the country that voted Republican in the last election, Trump, what do you think the biggest city was? Anyone? 200 people here? Nobody's got a big city that you think voted? So there's zero big cities that have voted Republican. Zero. The top 50. So, you know, think about even the reddest states. Alabama, okay? What's the capital of Alabama? Birmingham, Democrat. Texas, Dallas, Democrat. Uh, go down the list. Uh, we, we all know the Republican states. We know the red states, okay? But the, the bigger the city, the more people, the more liberal they tend to be, the more open they are to new ideas. Now, some of it is a little ridiculously far-fetched, but the more conservative the cities, the more that they're kind of like, let's just stay how things are. So I think the bigger the city gets, the more likely it is to have a Democratic mayor. So, or- so you just, well, that's a different conversation, yeah. though. So let's finalize this topic and let's go to the next one. Here's what I would say. I think it is a cultural thing. The more, I, by the way, I wasn't, I don't have like the solution or the answer to it. Did you guys see what happened at World Cup when Japan came and played what they did afterwards? Did anybody see the clips? Right afterwards, what happened? Did you see this or no? They cleaned all this bleachers. They cleaned and, yeah. every fans. Yeah. 
they cleaned everything after themselves, and you're like, wow. Yeah. So then other countries who were playing, they were kind of like, let's do the same thing as well. And it became like a cultural Part thing for culture. us to yeah. clean up. There they go. And, and you're like, wow, this is not what we do in Germany, or this is not what we do in U.S., or this is not what we do in such and such. And other people started picking it up. I don't know. I think if somebody from the top is speaking about it, you definitely can do something about it. You know, the whole San Francisco story. Have you guys been to San Francisco lately or not? Who is part of, who's from San Francisco, actually? Anybody from San Francisco? Have they st started cleaning up San Francisco? It's, it, <laughs> can you say it louder to the people in the back that can't hear you? Hell no. And he's from San okay. Francisco, right? So... Just 10 years ago, babe, when, when was it you and I went to San Fran? We'd go there regularly. Was that eight years ago, 10 years ago, five years ago? Yeah. We went when we went to Napa. You're right, yes. And AIG, I remember that. And, and the place, well, by the way, great meeting it was there. So the, the place was cleaned. And you look forward to going to San Francisco versus today you go to it. We were there. I'm like, what the hell is going on? Look at this. Yeah. This, this does not look like San Francisco. It looks like a complete different city. The responsibility is on the mayor. I guess one of the things could be said is what is the standard that you take with homelessness? What is the standards that you take with fines? What is the standard with cultural day where, hey, what if we had a one-day cleaning day? Let's all get out there and clean the city. What if we did something culturally mm -hmm. that we can make this place a better place? Yeah. What if we did something like that? You know, yeah. Remember the day that in California... To deal with gas, they did the one day you couldn't drive. Uh, uh, who remembers that one day? Who remembers? Uh, who, uh, anybody remembers this? Stay on home the 405 was closed or the 101. What was it called? Carmageddon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How, how long ago was that? Like uh, 2013 when they did that. And it was one day everybody took a yeah. break. And it was one way of doing this. Imagine you're the mayor of a city. Yeah. You're like, listen, guys, here's what we're doing. Uh, we have gotten the top 20 CEOs of the top 20 companies in our city. Mm -hmm. And here's what we got all the CEOs to agree to do. One day paid leave to go out there and all of us volunteer to clean our city. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't that be a sick idea if somebody sick did idea. that? Who would vote for that, by the way? How many guys I would be like, yeah, I'm okay. We're going out there doing, supporting it. I think it's something like that that they got to do to clean their cities. Houston's not growing because it's a bad city. They just went from number four four years ago. They paid, passed up Chicago mm -hmm. as a number four city to now number three. A book that was written 15 years ago called The Next 100 Million. We spent time with this author at uh, somebody's house in Malibu. And he said, by the time the next 100 million people are born in America, Houston will be the number one city in America. Wow. This book is called, that's the book. If you want to zoom next, in on the book, when did it come out? 2010, 13 years ago. Uh, 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 the day the next 100 million people are born in America by 2050, he predicts Houston will be the number one city in America. Wow. It's a big city. We just moved a couple of our guys to Houston. It sounds like they're getting your message about having babies out there in Houston. Is oh, if there's any yeah. message I got. Man, yeah. let's, <laughs> yeah. Parents, raise your hand. I'm just curious. Let's do a quick survey. Keep your hands up if you got more than one baby. More than two. Three or more. Four or more. Five or more. With the same wow. wife. With the same wife. <laughs> Okay, his head went down. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> He's like, well, it's kind of like four white. Yeah. By the way, funniest story. One of our agents seven years ago, he comes, he says, I want you to meet my kids. I said, great. Met the kids. I said, how old are your kids? I said, they're both 19. I said, oh, when's, when's their birthday? Well, he's June and she's July. 
So I want to ask the question, but I don't want to ask the question because his wife is right there. So I'm like, so then he says, I know what you're thinking. I was a wild man, okay? But my wife forgave me. We're together. I have two kids, and they were pregnant at the same time. I said, okay, so how's your insurance business doing for you, right? I'm going to change the subject. Keep your hands up if you had four. Three of you guys raise hand if you had four. Raise your hand if it's five. Anybody five? Two. Really? Five. Five officially you're LDS, and I know, Joel, you're not LDS, right? Six. Six? All the way. Can you stand up, please, if you're at six? They're tired. Are you really they at six? Stand. He's tired. Are you really oh, at six? <laughs> seven? Right. seven. Seven kids. Seven. Make some My noise. Your husband's here as well? Your oh. husband's at home. Oh, wow. first of all, I, I'm, I'm telling you, you don't look like a grandma, but seven kids, yeah. I can't see you from here. Freaking congratulations to you. That's awesome. Thank you for your granddaughter who's a Marine. Thank you for her service. I think we need to have more kids, guys. And I know you don't want to hear this. I'm on a campaign to talk to every man. And by the way, specifically leaders, specifically leaders. If you're a husband and a wife, we had a couple people at the house over two days ago. You remember these two guys that were over? And one of them is a Jewish uh, father. He just, he just came back from Israel. He's got two kids. And he, he says, well, you know, my wife wants me to have more. I said, dude, there's no way you can stop at two kids. He says, why not? We're making money. We can put time into our two kids. Why should we have more than two kids? I said, 12 years ago, one of my uh, 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 you know, advisors was a guy named John Morris. Tom, you remember John Morris. You introduced Absolutely. me to John Morris. Mm -hmm. Incredible guy. We're in a meeting one time. One of the guys about to go out of business. He needs a half a million dollars. He says, if I don't get a half a million dollars by Friday, I'm going to have to shut it down. He makes a phone call. An hour later, the guy gets a half a million dollars, stays in business. Like wow. That's the kind of a guy that John Morris is. Anyways, I said, John, in our monthly meeting, how many kids do you have, John? Two kids. You two kids, yeah. You're 60 years old, two kids. You're sm why, why two kids? Biggest mistake of my life. It's the biggest mistake of your life. He says, biggest mistake of my life. I said, tell me why. He said, tell me what thing in our lives we stop doing the moment we get very good at it. He says, at two kids, I barely learned how to be a parent. And then I stopped having kids. We should have had four. Then I came home. I started campaigning. Bet David's <laughs> for four. Bet David's for now. He said, Bet David's for five. Yeah. We ended up with four. But... To those who have money, you teach the right values and principles, please look up to that lady back there and go have seven kids. Can you please do that? Because <laughs> yeah. others are having more kids, yeah. and you need to be having more kids. All right, let's go to the next story. Let's go to the next story. By the way, are you guys following this East Palestine story closely or no? What's going on here? So let me tell you what happened with our guy. So I'll show you a video of... Should we first read this article or just show the video so they know what's going on here? Well, anyways, there's five consultants that are traveling from Clinton Airport. No joke. Little Rock. <laughs> Arkansas. Weird. They're flying to Ohio, East Palestine, to check to see what's going on. Here's what happens to them. If you want to play the video first, if we have it ready, Rob, uh, let's, let's watch this video together. Go ahead and play it. We have breaking news tonight of a plane crash in Little Rock, Arkansas. Just minutes ago... We learned the people on board were actually headed here to Northeast Ohio to help clean up the Oakwood Village explosion from Monday. All five people on board worked for an environmental consulting firm. The plane took off from the Clinton National Airport around noon and was headed for John Glenn Columbus International Airport. 
Right now we are digging into the story. We'll have much more on air and online as soon as we learn it. I mean... <laughs> so, we can obviously say it's appropriate to say what? A strange coincidence. Yes. Fine. What are they going there to look for? So, we have a new member of the Valuetainment team. We're testing something. It's a guy named Dodge. Do you have Dodge's video? We flew out Dodge and Malik to East Palestine to see what's really going on because I believe a bunch of people visited there. Uh, 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 we know uh, Pete hasn't been there. He's got a very busy schedule. He's, very busy schedule. I mean, Pete hasn't been there yet. Yeah. It's been 18 days. He still hasn't visited. President Biden was in Ukraine on President's Day. He hasn't visited there. But well, we sent Trump was there yesterday, I believe. He was there yesterday or two days ago. I he, think it was there yesterday. He Wednesday, was there. Right? He was at McDonald's. So this night. is our guy who is there. Show called Dodge, segment called Dodge This. And he actually drinks the water. Watch this video. Message drinks the water. The same. There has to be some semblance of a cover-up. The residents have not been given the correct information in a timely and efficient manner. Not enough people have been given enough funds to successfully relocate for a safe amount of time. And the relocation payments of people for evacuation was only in a one-mile radius. Meanwhile, you're seeing dead fish all the way out to Cincinnati. You're seeing the water contaminated in Youngstown. This goes on for hundreds of miles beyond this one-mile radius contamination zone. So there are a lot of residents, even in this town, that are not receiving the help that they need. So that's why we're here at Valuetainment. We're actually talking to residents. We're telling people how they can help. And we're getting the truth, because quite frankly, if you listen to any governmental entity, Republican or Democratic, doesn't matter, a lot has been left off the table in terms of what they're telling us. So that's why we're here. And a lot of you are too scared to do this. Watch this. Here's something interesting. We didn't ask what him to do it. Watch there. this. Oh, my God. He actually does this. This is the actual water. Oh my God. Dude. Whew. Well, tastes like metal. <laughs> he died 20 minutes later. Yeah. <laughs> He's not with Valuetainment anymore. And actually taste the water for themselves. <laughs> that water right now tasted like somebody dropped about a million pennies into it. What, what, what are you doing? It almost blood-like taste. Now, I'm not going to drink a whole glass. What you saw with I the, wouldn't do that. as I Watch cut this. my hands, the water that I did have. And just in case you didn't see it before. Watch this. Are his hands getting redder this or is, is it just me? This is the iridescent color. Yo. This is the water. What? Uh. <laughs> 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 Terrible. <laughs> but this is why we need to go here to the river and actually look at what's happening here. Give it up to Dodge. Yo, Dodge, Dodge. Dodge. Newest addition Dodge, to the team. Yes. You can watch the whole clip. We'll put it up. <laughs> He talks to all the people out there. And Vinny, what do you think's going on? What, do you, what are your I, thoughts on this whole story? Well, well, first of all, since you said the Clinton uh, situation, I don't know if anybody's been following who Mark Middleton is. One of uh, Bill Clinton's top aides uh, last year in May. I know Adam loves these type of stories. I saw your body language. I love but, conspiracy uh, wait, hold on. theories. I'm not, hold on. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, and I love people just brush off people who have different opinions. I'm a coincidence theorist, okay? His Ooh, name is Mark like Middleton. You guys could look it up. Last year in May, this dude, he was a top uh, Clinton official, worked in the White House. He led Jeffrey Epstein into the White House to visit seven out of the seven times. Put up the story. Times. Put up the story. Yeah, you so can put it up there, Tom. I, I mean, I texted to, to Rob. 
This dude at his house in Arkansas, Kri. speaking of Arkansas. Okay. Oh, yeah, hey. right here. So That's he was, a Syrian for those who speaks a Syrian? No Syrians? one does. We have no a one. very big Assyrian community, by the way. Us. So, so this dude, top eight, ties with um, Jeffrey Epstein. He was found hanging in a tree with an extension cord around his neck, gunshot to his chest, no gun found. Apparently a squirrel took it and sold it on the black market. But get, they just ruled it uh, yesterday that it was a, a suicide. So, so wait, so this is, I'm a conspiracy theorist because he's tied to all this stuff. Epstein, all this information is coming out. There's no gun, but you can't even, I can't have another opinion because automatically they dismiss me as I'm a conspiracy theorist. But it's true, Pat. Think about it. Pete Buttigieg, somebody just walked up to him the other day, uh, a reporter from Daily uh, Mail, and they're like, so Pete, when are you going? He's like, I I'll talk to you later. I, I, Talk to my press corps. Talk, you saw this, Tom. And then at yep. the end, he goes, you know what? Let me take a picture of you. What is he going to do with that? That was Pete took a picture of the reporter. Pete, Pete took a picture of the reporter. He, hold on. Why? Is that a threat? Are you threatening this person? Like, yo, we're going to come, come find you? It's just, it's, just, it's just people say, oh, you're connecting dots. The dots are right in front of your face. If you don't connect them, then you're just like one of those, and you brush it off. But is, is that weird, Pat? Is that another weird thing? These people died. What were those people on the plane going to do in East Palestine? Tom, what do you, what do you, you, you're a pretty reasonable guy. What, what do you think is going on there? You know, when too many co coincidences line up, you, you, start, you start to wonder. Um, not wonder about your own sanity, but you really start to wonder about it. And, and you look at it when things are in plain sight. You know, if it's a bunch, you know, long, drawn-out article by people with the tin hats, you say, okay, never mind, go away. But, you know, like Mark Middleton, how do you shoot yourself and then hang yourself in an extension cord in a tree? It's that, very hard to do. And there's no that's gun. It's very, very hard no to do. there's no gun. You get some sort of award <laughs> in the Suicide Hall of Fame right? for doing yeah. that. That's right? how you got to do it, right? It's almost like you hang, you shoot, and you got <laughs> you got to chug it. like Hard, good, really good. Yeah, Fido, grab the gun. And then <laughs> yeah. away. It's like... It doesn't, bro. No, that, 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 like, and, you know, this, this whole plane crashing into a grassy knoll and that, you know, the lady that noticed it was going down from the six-story window of the book depository, <laughs> you know, that's kind of odd to me. I mean, it's like odd coincidences. It just really, really bothers me. It's like New York in the 80s, and you would see, you know, that a, a guy shot six times was pulled out of the Hudson River. It's like, well, if he was pulled out of the river, naturally he'd drown, right? Yeah, of course. So, uh, Adam, you have any uh, reality uh, theories for us uh, uh, to right. kind of uh, balance well, the conspiracies? Or I, I, not that I'm, I'm not, I'm not anti Vinny's conspiracy theories. I just like trying to get to the heart of the problem. I think, you know, like we're unraveling this onion. I think. First and foremost, there was a tragedy with this train situation in East Palestine, Ohio. I think like that's the, the, the core of it. Yeah. And everyone wants to make it political. Well, if it's political, the governor's actually Republican. So is it on Pete Buttigieg, who's the Secretary of Transportation, to uh, address this? To me, um, all these other stories kind of just try to build someone's narrative of what they think happened. I think it's a fr freaking tragedy we talked about on the podcast how many train accidents happen a year? It's insane. Thousands. Uh, I think this was a horrible one, a deadly one. And now when you, when you, when you, I think it's just a, a sheer coincidence. These people are coming from Clinton Airport. I think, you know, speaking of accidents, every day you turn on the news, a plane crashed today into a small building. It's like, yeah, because it's fucking Tuesday. That's what happens. But, but Adam, what are the but odds of them go, they're going to I get this it. place? I get it. But I think we're trying to, without much information, trying to piece together... A narrative. I think it's a tragedy what happened in this situation. I think they need to get to the bottom of it. And the plane crash is just 
it's just a pure anomaly. Plane, uh, planes crash all the yeah. time. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not like. Here's where I'm not going. Go ahead. Go ahead. Here's go where on. I'm not yeah, going. I mean, go this, the train. The called Clinton. There's yes. nothing. It's just purely accidents. people. The train crash with the chemicals was actually done on purpose to hide the fact that they were basically was happening the same day that the Epstein report was coming out and they're trying to take the news away from No, Ukraine. no, he brought Epstein from a different place. No, I that know, story doesn't saying, go, but, no, but so that's guys, what no, people Epstein's do. story has nothing to do with East Palestine. No. Epstein is not from East Palestine. Epstein. The island is not in Ohio. Yes. Just Correct. so people know yes. going around saying, so, have you but, been to the Epstein but, Island but, in Ohio? I think, yeah. I, ultimately, what I'm trying to say is, like, let's address the issue. There's oh, something oh. going on in Ohio right now, and our friend Dodge just died of drinking He's goddamn dead. water. Okay, so okay. I, well, Ed, let me ask you a question then. So uh, conspiracy or coincidence theories aside, how do you feel that if the president of the United States is nowhere to be found. He's, he's over there throwing our money away while we have people dying here. Pete Buttigieg, and I know you're saying, I don't care if it's a Republican mayor, governor, whoever. The, the head guy of transportation hasn't even talked about it. That doesn't, that doesn't piss you off. That doesn't bother you. That, that, listen, that guy should be the number one guy. Trump going there? Trump going there? But I don't care. He was, he was at McDonald's throwing Big Macs at people. I don't get somebody. One of my friends was like, who's, who's kind of on the left? He's like, what, what kind? Why McDonald's? I go, bro, it's East Palestine. There's nine people there. There's no more in Steakhouse. You know what I mean? <laughs> Can I tell you guys something very weird when I'm, when I'm watching this? By the way, strategically, think about this here for just let's just purely talk strategy, okay? okay? Let's set aside the emotions for a second. All we're talking is strategy. When you go to war, people get, you know, die. And of course, nobody wants to see family innocent. But it, as a general, a general has to be in a moment making tough decisions. Let's talk purely strategy. If it's pure strategy, how did DeSantis go from winning by only 34,000 votes to winning one and a half million votes in the great state of Florida? How did he do it? Did, did he do it because he only went to Republican counties? Did he do it because he only went to Republican cities? Or did he do it because he won Miami-Dade? Mm-hmm. How did he do it? He, he's the greatest governor we have right now in America because he went and one people over, dinner's being had. We're having lunch at the house. What did uh, Mikey said? He says they're having dinner with a guy who's a liberal, hardcore liberal. He says when they asked him the question about DeSantis, he says, what do you mean DeSantis? He says the best governor. Yeah. He says he's a Republican. He says we don't look at our uh, uh, governor as a Republican. He's just a great governor, and we want to keep him here, and they'd love to vote for him as a liberal. Yep. This guy converted people. So watch this. Strategically, strategically, not going Help the Republicans strategically. You mean to tell me you're not going, guess what, Pete? Here's what's going to happen when foreign affair issues comes up. They're going to bring one question for you. You're done. All they're going to say is, hey, so how would you handle the issue there? Mm -hmm. And then the opposition is going to say what? Yeah, if a war was to take place, it would take him four weeks to make a decision. It would cost millions of people lives. Do you really want a president like that? He couldn't handle a small city like East Palestine. You want him to be the decision maker of a country of 330 million people? He's not qualified to be a president. Boom, you're fired five seconds later. Get off the stage, right? So Pete is done with what he did for 2024. Now let's go to the other part. Here's what's weird, very weird. So yesterday, who goes to East Palestine? Trump. Trump. So if you go to go to YouTube, uh, Rob, and and just go to YouTube's, uh, go to Fox News's YouTube channel. Go to Fox News's YouTube channel. Okay. So this I watched the last. Okay, go to videos. Go to videos. Click on that. Can we put it on the screen so everybody can see it? Okay. 
So Trump in 2015, 2016, if you go back and look at the videos on Fox News, literally every three video was about Trump. Mm -hmm. So Trump just went to East Palestine. Of the last 50 videos that they just uploaded, how many of them should be about Trump? All of, of the them. last 50. What do you think it should be of the last 50? Five? Ten? Should yeah. be about Trump? Watch this. Let's count. One, two, three, four, five, six. Keep going. Seven, eight, nine. Keep going. Ten, eleven, twelve. Find his there picture on the boom. boom. Former Trump, Trump donor reveals why he's supporting possible DeSantis run. Wow. This is a anti-Trump story. Keep going. Ned Ryan, these Trump political witch hunts all end up as bad jokes. Keep going. Negative By, story. Now, now it's negative there. story. East Palestine residents praise Donald Trump. Right now, keep going. Hannity, Tucker, keep going. Next, next, next. Keep going. Next, next, next. I went and watched CNN. CNN hosts. Praise really? Trump. Really? How confusing is that? He says, listen, say what you say about Trump. He showed up. Wow. And Pete Buttigieg should show up. I don't know why he's not showing up. He should. They said, I understand why Biden didn't show up. Both Republican Democrats are saying, we understand why Biden was in Ukraine for the one-year anniversary. If you're already committed... 50 billion, it's a total of 100 billion dollars we've given to Ukraine, of which around 50, 60 billion is our money. It's a total of 100 billion. We're the number one country with the most money being given to them. You have to show up because that's checking on your investment, if that makes sense. If you're investing into a company and you own 50% or 60% of the equity company, one year anniversary, what do you got to do? You got to go to it. He still has to go to East Palestine. Yeah. But he's gone and done that, no problem. Pete Buttigieg has zero excuses. CNN is giving a shout-out to Trump. Fox isn't giving a shout-out to Trump, including Sean Hannity. Sean Hannity discussion on East Palestine was only a few seconds. CNN talked about him visiting East Palestine. So what is this telling you? Here's what it's telling you. Fox today is Team DeSantis. Fox is no longer Team Trump. Yep. Just everybody knows this part here. Fox is no longer Team Trump. As of right now, it's purely DeSantis. Whether you like it or not, go do your own research, listen to these guys. So I'm willing to bet... There's a conference call or a conversation saying pump the brakes if we're going to go full team Trump or if we're going to go full team DeSantis. We feel better with DeSantis right now. The polls are coming out. I got a couple polls here on popularity where DeSantis is showing ahead over Trump. So Fox is taking that position. CNN on the other side, they're also looking at this saying, well, DeSantis just has uh, the most impeccable resume today. Okay? It's hard to beat his resume. Say what you want to say. You have to explain 34000 to $1.5 million. You can't win that. It doesn't matter what anybody says. I went from having 34,000 subscribers, and I've increased it by 1.5 million subscribers. Go ahead and beat me. What's your argument? Mm -hmm. Say whatever you want, and more people are coming to my state, and we're safer, and we're this, and we're that, and we're this. That's a beautiful resume. So that part that Trump, who had Fox News, Trump, who had Hannity... Trump, who had everybody on Fox when he was on the shows, that's going to be missing today. So I think this kind of leads me to the conversation about Trump and DeSantis with head-to-head matchup, what it's going to look like. And Trump is still making the comments. How many guys don't like it when Trump says, I would never call him meatball, I would never call him meatball, I would never call him. Does that bother <laughs> you? Or do you kind of find that funny when he does that? How do, how do you take that, by the way? You guys don't have an opinion on that? Do you see when he says the meatball stuff? Or do you like it or you don't care if he does it? That's who he is. <laughs> You're, you don't care about it. Okay. So some people made a comment about this, and I want to get your thoughts. Some people said, like, here's a tweet from a couple days ago. I will never call Ron the, Sanctimon <laughs> the sanctimonious 
Meatball Ron, as the fake news is insisting, I will, <laughs> even though Fox News killing Lightwell, Paul Ryan is revert. Revered by him, low-energy Jeb Bush is his hero and always had his side. His beaches and states were closed for long periods of time. His testing, testing, testing for the China virus didn't work out too well, and his loyalty skills are really weak. It would be totally inappropriate to use the word meatball as a moniker for Ron. (laughs) A lot of people don't like this commentary on what Trump said. I'm going to go to our friend first to see what he thinks about it. Adam, tell me. What do you think about the approach Trump is taken with Ron DeSantis. Just, you got to understand Trump's humor here. It's like, I don't care what you tell me to do. I'll never call him Meatball. No, I'll never do it. Never in a million years am I going to call him Meatball Ron. I'm not going to do it. No matter how hard you encourage me to call him Meatball Ron DeSanctimonious. I'm just not going to, I'm not, buddy, I told you I'm not going to call him Meatball Ron. It's like, we've seen this shtick. Uh, unfortunately uh, for Trump, and to my friends in the room here, uh, the shtick's getting old, guys. It was very new in 2015. Very new. Whether you like Trump, whether you didn't like Trump, it was fucking new. It was like, what? This guy's on stage calling out Republicans. This is crazy. Little hands, Marco Rubio. I got bigger hands. This is crazy. It's, it was so new. It was so fresh that people just, it was must-see TV. At this point, even Fox News is like, ugh. Just fade away. And they basically said, we'll take all your policies because I've been very clear, a lot of Trump's policies were good for the country. But all the name-calling and the childishness and the, the divisiveness, it's like we can do away with all of that and just get the same policies with Meatball Ron. And that's, I think, where the, the, the fervor of the country is at this point. And here's my last point. If you want to just win a Republican primary, nominate Trump. If you want to lose the presidency again, go ahead, guys. Trump 2024. Good luck. Well, Pat, can I say one thing, though? Are, are we- Adam will be in the back for those I want to talk to yeah. him. If you have gladly. any issues with gladly. them, he'll but, be right here. But, but just to be clear, I will gladly, gladly vote for Meatball Ron DeSanctimonious. Gladly. And I'll just call him Governor DeSantis. Yeah. I, won't, I, I will never... Call him Meatball Ron. Yeah. But here's my question, though, and this is for everybody. Like, are, is anybody surprised that he's going to be this guy, Pat? Is anybody like, oh, my God, I understand the, oh, my God, here we go again. But put yourself in, hold on, put yourself in Trump's shoes. From the jump, you don't think he has a vendetta? From the beginning, he announced everybody and their mother, from Repub- all the Republicans, all the Democrats, all the media, all the left, they all surrounded his ass, and they went after him. Bro, that guy, and everything now that we're finding out with Twitter and just common sense, it was all bullshit. You don't think he has a, a chip on his shoulder where he's like, yo, I'm coming in hot. He's a winner, bro. Say what you want. He's orange or whatever the hell people say. Bro, that guy is a winner. He wins in real estate. He, he, he's a freaking boss. And with all the stuff culminating around what everybody was around him, bro, he is in attack mode. And guess what? He's a competitor, bro. When you, have, when you know you have Ron DeSantis, the meatball, coming up with you, bro, you got to talk smack. He's, he's, he's the golden child. So guess what? I don't, I'm not surprised. And guess what? The gloves come off. He's a fighter, bro. And it's going to be, it's going to be interesting, but it's going to be a, it's going to be a hardcore let's, fight. Let's talk to a very uh, stable man who's a father of two girls, professor, you know, just took his kids. They're, they're, they're rock star kids, 4.6 GPA, one of the best golfers in the country at 16 years old. She is. I've watched him as a father, as a businessman, as a advisor. Tom, tell us. What do you think is really going on here, and who 
do you think is going to have the edge when it comes down to winning this whole thing? Well, there's two things that people need to understand about Trump. Um, you, don't, you don't have to love him. But go look at the videos like when he sat there with NATO telling them that they had to pay their fair share and how he defended America, defended America's economy. Go look at how he stood up to China and said, this is the way I'm going to play this game. And then when he gets out on the field of play, the field of play for politics has been set. You do your sound bites and then all your proxies go out there and spin it to yep. the media. And then this guy comes out and says, I'm not playing your game the way you want me to play your game. So you are a disaster. And he goes out and he does it the way he wants. This guy brings guns to knife fights. And he does not go gentle into that good night the way the political realm goes in America. Because the underlying current of running for, running for office in America is I'm ultimately going to have to make a compromise with you, you, and you and get legislation passed. So I'm going to come hot on certain things, but I'm not going to come in you know, really, really super low because we ultimately have to work work together. Now, the presidential race, we saw it that way. We saw it that way with Romney and Obama. That was the last time we saw it that way. With Hillary, we didn't. And DeSantis is taking a normal progression of people love me in Florida because I executed hurricane. I executed solutions. Economy, I executed solutions. COVID, I executed solutions. And then everywhere but Broward County and a little, and a little part of Orlando said, you know, you're right. And I like what you did to my state and I'm voting for you. And he gets one point, you know, almost million and a half vote differential there. He crushed the opponent. Well... That guy is taking his normal next political step, and he's running into a buzzsaw with a guy that does not play by the normal set of rules in terms of the campaign. And I'll tell you, you know, that's what you're seeing. And you're seeing Trump be Trump, and you're seeing the political establishment and the media, they don't know how to deal with that. Here's, here's my, uh, so I, I'm, I'm, by the way, it doesn't bother me at all. You know, like uh, when people ask and say, hey, how could you sit there with Antonio Brown? And he says, you idiot, you idiot. What do you know about Liberty City? And all I go, okay, <laughs> cool, I got you, okay. Yeah. I'm going to go to your city to learn about your city. And I'm going to go be a Dixie, what do you call it? Win Dixie is a bagger yeah. and to learn yeah. what that city's all about because maybe I'm an idiot, okay, and I'll learn about your community. But here's well, the part. He, he, he tried to compare Liberty City to Iran. He's like, oh, there's guns out here. It's like, I'm from Iran. From Iran, bro. Bombed How about bombs? Like, yeah. It's a big difference. And, and so, yeah. You didn't really understand me, boy. You didn't understand yeah. me. This but, is just a parody. I, I'm, you're funny. This is a parody. <laughs> but but you, you know what it is? Here's the part. You have an opponent. If you know your opponent's dirty and he's dirty and you're shocked, you're a fool. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. If your opponent plays the hardcore Christian, you know, Mike Pence do-gooder, you know, all this stuff, and then something comes out, he doesn't know how to handle it. It's like, uh-oh, you can't use that card. If a girl came out for, for uh, Mike Pence, what would the world react with? Yeah, right, buddy. No, no. <laughs> oh, you wouldn't even believe it. <laughs> I wouldn't believe it. <laughs> he doesn't travel without uh, I got his you. wife or but, uh, but so what I'm saying is, but, but that is Trump's brand. So for people to say, how could you say something like this? You must not have been following this guy for decades. That's who he is.